as the crescendo of the chapter Romans 8 reaches its climax near the end, we have spent 27 sessions, and this is the 28th session of Look at the Book on Romans 8. Father, I pray that these next two rhetorical questions would be answered by our souls with tremendous joy and assurance, for that is surely Paul's aim and yours. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So Paul has completed in verses 28 to 30 a massive foundation in 29 and 30 for the promise that everything will work together for our good. And now he says, what will we say? He is inviting us, we, to say some things. And therefore he asks about six rhetorical questions. And we've seen uh, two or three of them, and now we take two more, beginning in verse 33. We're supposed to answer these questions, and in answering them, say what is true in view of all the things that have gone before. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. So what answer does he expect to that question? He expects the answer no one. But as before, we're puzzled because even Jesus was in court with charges being brought against him. Indeed, he was killed for false charges brought against him. So what does he mean? Who can bring any charge against God's elect? He means no one can make them stick. The devil will accuse you. People will accuse you. But nobody can accuse you successfully. Nobody can make the accusation stick. Why not? Because it is God who has justified you. That is, he has declared you just. He has declared you not guilty. He has declared you righteous. And the point here is that God is the highest court of appeal. I mean, if you were in this life and lower court after lower court after lower court were finding you guilty of something and you knew that the Supreme Court had already rendered its verdict, namely, you are not guilty, these lower court uh, accusations wouldn't cause you to lose any sleep because you know God the highest court. Nobody, there's no appeal above God. Therefore, if God has rendered you justified and not guilty, nobody's charge can be made to stick. Second question, who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised? Who is at the right hand of God? Who indeed is interceding for us? So what's the answer to this? Who is to condemn? And the answer is, no one. No one can condemn. And he gives three reasons. No one can bring you into final condemnation. Three reasons. Number one, Christ died. Number two, Christ was raised. Number three, he's at the right hand of God. Number four, 
He's interceding for us. Christ Jesus is the one who died. Remember verses 1 through 4? There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No one can condemn you. Why not? Because by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin, your sin, in the flesh, Jesus' flesh, so that your condemnation is past. It really has happened. In union with Christ, you died with him, and he died for you, and your guilt has been paid for. You have been justly condemned. There is no double jeopardy. So, no, 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 nobody can condemn. Who is it that can condemn? Nobody, because the death of Christ has rendered you not guilty by that condemnation already being endured by Jesus. More than that, he was raised from the dead, which means that his work for you on the cross is vindicated. God said by raising Jesus from the dead, finished, it succeeded, it is complete, it is good enough, it is perfect. And more than that, in verse 13, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will raise you also. If you die in front of your enemies, they may gloat and say, yes, we did succeed in condemning him. He's dead. And when you lie dead and mangled after torture, you look like you were condemned. But God raised Jesus from the dead so that you would have absolute assurance that even though it looks like you have been successfully condemned, you haven't. Jesus looked like a piece of meat hung up on a cross, just like you might. But God raised him from the dead into a glorious body, and he will raise you. No successful condemnation. Third, he's at the right hand of God. That is the place of highest honor in the universe the place of highest honor in the universe. And if God has honored him like that, he will honor his work. You don't need to be afraid that God will somehow look upon you differently than Jesus. And finally, he indeed is interceding for us. A couple of illustrations of that are just astonishing. Here's Jesus illustrating what it is to pray for the elect. I am praying for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom you gave me, for they are your, you gave me, for they are yours. I do not ask that you take them, I'm not asking this, that you take them out of the world. There's plenty to suffer here yet, but that you keep them from the evil one. Don't let the evil one destroy my people. They are not of this world, just as I am not of this world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Sanctify them, that is, conform them to me, just as you said you would in chapter 8, verse 29 of Romans. That's one way he prays. Here's, here's another even more amazing one. This is Jesus praying for Peter just before he denies him three times. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that you, your faith may not fail. Did it fail? Not utterly. 
I have prayed that your faith not fail utterly. When, not if, not if, when, when you have turned. Jesus knew that Peter would deny him, and he didn't pray that he wouldn't. He prayed, when you have turned, strengthen your brothers. Jesus is totally sovereign at this moment. He knows he will deny him, and he knows he will turn, and that's why he's praying for his great usefulness. So, what will you say? What will you say to these things? Will you say, no one can be against me? Will you say, God will give me everything I need? Will you say, nobody can bring any charge successfully against me? Will you say, nobody can condemn me? That is what God is inviting you to say and to live in the light of, the joy of, the assurance of those glorious truths.